0: Welcome to the podcast. Let the Prophet speak. We continue our study of the book of Shmuel, the book of uh, the first book of, Sh- of Samuel. Um, we are about to begin the study of chapter eleven today. At the end of chapter ten, Shmuel introduced the people of Israel to their new king, their new leader, Saul. However, not. He wasn't that well accepted. He, at this point, hadn't yet actually accomplished anything as king. And many people kind of derided him, laughed at him. And Sha'ul didn't really set himself up as king. He kind of just went home and continued going about his business. So the first challenge for a king is about to happen, and we're going to read about today. And Sha'ul admirably stepped up to the challenge and proved himself to be a leader. And that's the episode we're about to hear about. Now, just a reminder, at the end, there's so many things here that remind us of the end of Shoftim, of of the Book of Judges. At the end of the Book of Judges, the terrible event of the um, uh, rape and murder of the concubine led to massive civil war among the people. And if you recall, after the people slaughtered most of the tribe of Benjamin, they also took an oath not to allow their daughters to marry into uh, uh, the remainder of the tribe of Benjamin, the few hundred men that were left. And the people of Benjamin went to a town called Yavesh Gilad, which is one of the few places that did not join the rest of the people of Israel to attack Benjamin, to, uh, to avenge uh, the, against the tribe of Benjamin. And they slaughtered all of the people in Yavesh Gilad and took the young women from there and brought them as wives to the, to the, the remainder the remaining men of the tribe of Benjamin. So adding awfulness to more awful to make it even more awful and more worse, the, and the, uh, that massacre of the people of Yavesh Gilad uh, was just, I mean, in, in case it wasn't bad enough, the, you know, the people of Yavesh Gilad were slaughtered. We're going to hear about Yavesh Gilad again. And just like in the last chapter, and, and uh, we remember that uh, Sha'ol himself is a member of the tribe of Benjamin. The Sha'ol was from the place, Givah where the uh, the story of the concubine occurred. We're going to have in this chapter some more reminders of that story. Yaal nochashu Ammoni, Nachash, which was the name of the king of the Ammonites. This was probably... Nachash is the is the title name, kind of like the Pharaoh of Egypt was the Nachash of Ammon, and uh, uh, the people and he va'yichan al yaveshkilat and he camped against the residents of Yavesh Now we just learned that not that long ago the people of Yaveshkilat were slaughtered. So who was residing in Yaveshkilat Gilad now? As we'll see from the story, there were clearly Israelites that were there. Um, So we one would imagine that that some of the remnants of the tribes Yavesh Gilad lies on the uh, on the um, eastern bank of the Jordan River. So it was probably some remnants of the tribe of Reuben and God that went to resettle the area. So it was weak, newly resettled um, and um, and and. and this is the group that uh, of people that Nachash, uh, the king of Ammon, camped against, and uh, and surrounded. and he said, el Nachash, and all of the people in Yavesh Kilad saw they had no power against Nachash; they could not resist him. So they said, Kiras lanu just let's make some kind of agreement, and we will serve you, just as their brethren on the other side of the Jordan. Uh, had some level of peace by becoming and uh, in, uh, entering into servitude uh, uh, under the Philistines so will it be yours rather than stand up for themselves and be loyal to God and uh, you know by serving nahash they're basically accepting their 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 gods and their ways of life which was uh, the antithesis of what God wanted them to do God wanted them to be independent so that they can worship God and peace the way they're supposed to, and teach the world about the ideals of monotheism, but this is not something that they were ready to do, they were ready to give up because they felt so weak. This is the state of the people at this time, they had no pride, they had no ability to stand up for themselves. So by this is verse 2, Nachash so the king Nachash of said to the people, if you want me to make you a covenant, this is how I'll make you a covenant. Um... I will gouge out every person's right eye and I will in such a way shame the entire Israel. I'll shame the entire Israel by showing that I can just take over at a whole place and and gouge out their eyes and mark them as servants of mine as opposed to being servants of God. And the... it's interesting I heard some commentators point out that um, you know gouging out the eye is one of the things that in that when God commanded the Jewish people about the rules of taking uh, of of slavery he said that's something you're not allowed to do if an owner were to do that to his slave the slave would go free right um, but but, uh, and, and so, so all the more so, Nachash wanted to show that he's going to subjugate them, make them slaves, gouge out their eyes, and they'll stay subservient to him. So, the elders of Yavesh answered as follows Give us a space of seven days, a time of seven days. Let us send messengers in all the boundaries of Israel. If no one will save us then we will come out to you in other words come out of the city and surrender to you this is remarkable because um, the the response of Yahweh apparently was to accept this deal in other words he had the ability to attack them now but he didn't he said he, he gave them seven days so much was he sure that the people of Israel weren't going to stand up for themselves this was the state of 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 um, shame and loss and weakness that the people of Israel were in at that time, and the people in Yavesh were ready to surrender, and they their last their only hope would be if their brethren would come to their aid, but they realized that what are the chances that that's going to happen? They'll try, but let's see what happens. So vayavo hamalachim givatshal, and the messengers with this message, coming to the rest of Israel, pleading for help came to Givat Sha'ol, the place, which is the high the Givat, the hill of Saul, which is really, wouldn't have necessarily at the time yet been called Givat Sha'ol. It would have been just called Givat, the the hill. However, it, it would be called Givat Sha'ol, the place of Saul, after Saul became famous, but Saul wasn't famous yet. Yes, Shmuel appointed him, uh, told the people he will be their king, but he hadn't yet accomplished anything. So the place name is being called this Alshim Sofo, meaning based on what later on it became known as Givat Sho'o. And he said these things, and, and they said these things, they, they spoke of what is happening in Yavesh Gilad, and um, uh, they told the people about what Nachash had threatened to do. And the people started to cry and cry and cry. That's all they did, that was their response. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Nobody got up to do anything. Now this is Gavachol. The people may have heard that Samuel had appointed this king, but no one had any confidence to even look to find him to see what he would do. They didn't take it seriously. They didn't take him seriously. However, so they just came and told the people And in in Shaol's town they told over the story When Shaol wasn't even there And they all started crying and crying and crying Saul, who was going about his usual life as a farmer He was coming after plowing the field with the cattle Or working in the field with the cattle So he comes in, some king, he's just been plowing What's everybody crying about? So then they told him what the people of Yavesh had said. And here, Saul, who before was the one who uh, who um, was just a simple, plain person who didn't want to step up to the plate because he didn't feel like he was worthy. Remember, he became a new man, a new person. And Shmuel said, gave, him this, uh, gave him the confidence and said, you can make decisions on your own now. So the language chosen here is very important. Vatitzlach ruach the same language that we said when Saul was among, when Saul was among the prophets, that the spirit of God gripped him. It was that same spirit that made him into a new man. That spirit told him, "I have to stand up and do something." Kishamu when he heard these words. Pomo and he was very angry. angry against the people and the people's reaction but also angry at Nachash who was ready to go and and embarrass and shame the people of Israel in such a way and he took a pair of, ca- of, ox- of, of cattle and he cut it up he cut the cattle up into pieces this is a clear reminder of the horrific event of cutting up of the concubine, the woman that had been raped and murdered into pieces to be sent around all of the tribes. Now he took a piece of cattle, and he sent pieces to all the boundaries of Israel in the hands of these same messengers, Lamar, with the following message, whoever does not come out to battle, and follow Sha'ol, Saul, and Samuel. So Sha'ol is bringing Shmuel into this wisely, sh- demonstrating, you know, that he knows that people may not be loyal to him yet, but people are loyal to Shmuel. So Sha'ol will lead it, but Shmuel will come along so that he has the support of the prophet. Similar to uh, we had by Gideon, uh, you know, where like, for example, Balak, who went to battle only with Devorah the prophet, would come with him. Another place, similar places. This will, yeah, this will happen to his cattle. This will, is what will be done to his cattle. One simple way of understanding is, is we will punish you by cutting up your cattle for not, for, not, <coughs> for, not, <coughs> for not participating in the battle. But another way of understanding is that if we don't stand up and defend yourselves, what will happen to your belongings? You will all be enslaved. You're going to lose your cattle and the fear of God fell upon the nation, and everyone came came out to join Saul uh, as one. The last time people joined as one was to come and attack the tribe of Benjamin. Now they are coming as one to fight under the banner being held by a member of the tribe of Benjamin. The last time people came to give up it was because of the terrible disaster of murder of a human being and rape of a human being. Now they are here because they want to save the pride of Israel. The entire story that ended the book of Judges on such a terrible, terrible note is now coming full circle. And he... Um, Um, means like he he counted them up. He he mustered them uh, together, lined up the people in Bezek in the place of Bezek, by va'yuvnei Yisrael. And as he counted up his armies, he shloshim He had three hundred thousand members of Israel the Yehuda and of the tribe of Judah shloshim thirty thousand. We already see here Judah being mentioned separate from the rest of Israel. So this divide, which is going to happen in seven several generations, the split between the northern tribes and the southern tribe of Judah, which eventually became a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, um, we see the seeds of that divide already. For the first time, we see uh, not the tribes of Israel listed with Judah as one of the tribes, but Judah separate from the... The rest of the tribes of Israel So apparently that split was already happening And he said to the messengers Haboim That had come I want you to go back to Yavesh Gilad And return the following message Tomorrow you will be saved At the time of the heat of the sun In other words by the middle of the day And and the messengers came to Yavesh Gilad. They told the people of Yavesh that they're about to get some relief, about to be rescued, and they were very happy about it. And the people of Yavesh said, tomorrow we will, um, we will surrender to you. Is, they didn't want to tell the people of Yavesh, of course, that they're going to be attacked. Obviously, that would take away the element of surprise. So they, bas- they told them, tomorrow we're going to come out. Of the city And we're going to we're, there's a, You know uh, Because apparently No one's coming to save us Tomorrow we'll come out And surrender As we have agreed And you can do to us Whatever it is That you want to do to us Which was unfor- To do the horrific act Of gouging out their eyes And it was The next day And Saul Divided the nation Into three Three groups Three battalions and they entered the camp in the early morning hours. So in other words, they traveled and moved in at night and attacked early morning before the light before the light came. And they struck down the Ammonites, fighting with them until the heat of the day. And by the time the middle of the day came, the war was over. Those that were left, that weren't killed, had run and scattered and and away uh, yachad. There wasn't a single group of even two people together. They all ran off helter skelter in different directions. So now Saul had proven himself. He was able to unite the people. He was able to save this group of, of Israelites in Yahweh Gilad, and he was able to lead them in a successful battle with good strategy, quickly, swiftly, without any. Um, uh, without any hesitation. So the people now said to Shmuel, now that they see that Shool is such a leader, Miha Omer who are those ones that were making fun before and sarcastically saying, Who's this Saul guy who's gonna rule over us? Tnuah bring those people out here so we can kill them. They were disloyal to our king. Look at our king and look what he has just done for us. Shool and Saul spoke up and said, No, lo you matt no one is getting executed today. God has done this tremendous salvation, this tremendous victory in Israel. Shaul again here does not take it personally, does not take the opportunity to take revenge against his enemies, gives them the opportunity to be loyal to him, and gives the credit to God, rather than take the credit himself. If the credit was his own, then he would avenge his the, the his honor, but the credit is not his own, the credit is to God. Again, Saul is being persist consistently up to this point portrayed by his good characteristics. By Shmuel So Shmuel then Samuel said to the nation, Now Lechuva Neelcha Gilgal, now let's go back to Gilgal, now let's go back to before we were at Mitzvah, now let's go back to Gilgal, where Joshua began the conquest of this land, it is now time for us to renew the monarchy, so now Shmuel, Samuel is using the term monarchy, the term melucha, remember he didn't want it to be this way, but he's following God's instructions, because the people asked for it to be this way, and the people demanded that it be a melech, and Shmuel responds as such, so again, it's Saul who had been anointed by Shmuel in private as they walked out of the city. Saul who had been um, chosen by Shmuel during that lottery in front of all the people, but he wasn't accepted. Now Shmuel gathers the people together by Yelchhu Kalamah. Gilgal, the entire nation went to Gilgal by Yamlichu, Shamachol, and now they inaugurated him before God by and then they brought over there Zuachhim shlamim, peace offerings before God Sham and there Saul Shaol was happy and and joyous Israel and all of the people of Israel admo very much. everyone was joyous. a huge party, a huge celebration was finally inaugurated, officially inaugurated, willingly in front of all the people, after the victory and after demonstrating his leadership capabilities. Thank you so much for studying chapter um, 11 together, looking forward to studying chapter 12, and as we continue to read the story of Saul as king.